strategize together. Let's hear it from an expert. Join the conversation, it's informative and free. You and me, let's talk some strategy. Here's your host, Doreen Morin Van Dam. Hello, everybody. My name is Doreen Morin Van Dam, and we're live with another episode of Strategy Talks, and we are going to talk about AI in a different way. I am sure you've heard enough prompts to make you go, whoa, but today we're talking about should you disclose AI usage and where and how and why and maybe you shouldn't. So that's the discussion today. I have a wonderful guest, but before I introduce you to my guest, I wanna welcome everybody who's here live. Let us know in the comments where you're joining us from. Um, if you're watching this on the replay, put hashtag replay in the comments and a special shout out welcome to those of you who join us via the podcast. Before I introduce you to today's guest, I wanna do a quick shout out to our sponsor, Social Insider. They are the intuitive dashboard for social media analytics, reporting, and competitors analysis for brands and agencies. If you need data, you need Social Insider. So without much further ado, here is today's guest, John Deemer. How are you today, John? Doing well, how about yourself? Uh, I am great. It is so great to finally meet you. And for those of you who are listening or are watching, you know, sometimes I have guests on my show that I've talked to online forever and I, they feel like friends, but we never actually met or had a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So John is somebody who's followed Strategy Talks and he and I were talking about AI. And so we're trying something different today. If you're a listener or a watcher of um, this show, you know that John would be featured as the expert. Today, both of us are gonna be sort of like the experts. We're gonna talk about AI. Should we disclose usage? Should we not? How, pros, cons, all of that stuff. And we want you, if you're watching live with us, to weigh in on this. So John, before we do that, let me just tell people who you are. You are a content strategist, a content creator, and a lover of data. And I love that part because, you know, data is what we need in order to, you know, create the right content, right? It's like a, a little circle. You need to have all of those things in order to make it work together. I see somebody is here, Dale is here. Um, and Dale says, John, are you using AI tools? That's a great question. John, what tools are you using? Oh man, it depends on the task. Um, I, I know that sounds kind of broad, but also I don't think that the at this point in time, there's kind of one shoe fits all. Um, you know, everyone would love to say that they can just like put in the proper prompts and they can get any kind of output they want out of ChatGPT. Um, but I really don't think that's the case. I think with the different large language models, you're getting kind of, you know, different skill sets with each one. Um, so yeah, it really does depend for a lot of, uh, for a lot of like content ideation. I really like Goblin tools as far as like creating lists, um, as far as, you know, developing those prompts, ChatGPT is pretty good. Um, and then, you know, obviously some couple automations with Zapier is, is good as well. So yeah, that's, all those are, those are top three use cases. All right. <laughs> that's, that's great. So, um, let's jump into these questions. Why is the disclosure of AI usage a topic of debate? 
right now? Why is this, what have you seen? Because the reason we're talking about this is because I've seen all different opinions and I was super curious because you and I initially were supposed to talk about AI and content creation. And I, mm -hmm. I went and said, hey, John, are you up for something different? Um, so what are you seeing? What, where are you seeing people divided? So basically what I see is I, I see, I see it from kind of three points of view. I see it from the point of view of the people who are developing the LLMs. I see it from the point of view of, you know, traditional content creators or human, human to table, uh, content creators. And I see it from the perspective of people who are just looking to, you know, streamline content, um, for people who are just looking to streamline content, obviously like it's easier. It's like auto tune or special effects. Why would you need to disclose that you have special effects and transformers? Everyone just kind of obviously knows it's special effects. Um, from the position of traditional creatives, like obviously they don't want people working faster than them. And I'm not going to say as efficient as them, but um, they definitely have, you know, stake in the game as far as like their market's about to become competitive or more competitive than it was. Um, and from the position of the, you know, people who are building these things, if you are feeding um, information into a large language learning model uh, through like data scraping, which ChatGPT just kind of came out with, it was their GPT bot. If you're feeding information that was AI generated, you're eventually going to get muddled output. So from their point of view, they want you to disclose as well. And that's why they all kind of signed that recent disclosure um, agreement. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so let, well, let, me add, let me add one more. How about the big um, corporations or businesses that hire content creators um, by the hour and... Yeah. You know, they hire, they hire a freelancer and, you know, how do you stay up with that? I mean, I, I honestly believe that, you know, working for an hourly rate as an online creator um, is a little crazy. I mean, I, I've done it and I do that for very special clients for special occasions. But most of the time I have retainers with my clients because how fast I do it, it's not about the hourly rate, it's about my knowledge and my experience that provides them with what they need. But, you know, if you're working with somebody who, you know, used to spend three or four hours working on a blog article and you're paying them per hour instead of per word, that becomes different. Or if you're paying them per word and now the words get spewed out in about two minutes through AI, you know, that becomes a different conversation, right? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think it's kind of like Canva, right? Um, so like everyone kind of jumped on the, the Canva train and then people who know now can look at something and tell like which page of templates it came from. Um, so you do <laughs> things and you're like, oh man, I, I recognize that font. Um, <laughs> Calling it out, John, I love it. That is absolutely right. You're right, yeah. Right now you can kind of, like it's not gonna be apparent to anybody who's not watching. Um, but I can look at things and I can tell, I was like, there was a portion of that that was AI generated, um, with video, it's going to get harder and harder. Um, because as of right now, like all AI generation is for video is using stock footage. So you obviously get into some like copyright realms there, um, like usage rights. Um, but eventually it's going to get to the point where I, I think it's either going to get cost prohibitive, um, prohibitive, uh, or it is going to be just it's just not going to get the quality that you'd expect out of a human contractor um so with that being said the, the hourly rate thing is is you know a, a definite problem but what i would say is that um from the beginning i've always heard that ai is not going to replace me but someone using ai will um 
and that's kind of the the thing that I hear. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna change the landscape definitely. Oh, I love that. AI is not going to re replace me, but somebody who uses AI will. That's a very good <laughs> forward think. No, that's great because, you know, people hear things and they repeat things and they repeat the wrong things all the time. Oh, you know, there's panic. And th the thing that I want to kind of say right now is that we're as marketers and a lot of my audience right here on Strategy Talks are marketers. We're in this box. We're in this self-contained box of marketing. We think everybody knows about AI. A lot yeah. of people who don't know anything about AI, who aren't using it, who have no idea how much we're using it, how it's everywhere in the world. They don't know there's AI in Gmail when they're using it. They, they don't see it, right? But we are so aware that, like, I love that. So they're repeating, especially like, you know, in the educational system, I think there's a <laughs> lot of fear um, yeah. about AI and, have you seen that in marketing that people are real fearful or? I would say the people who are fearful that I've come across are people who are absolute experts in one field. They're fast. They are, um, yeah, you know, they, they are like Picasso's of their trade, whatever they do. It could be graphic design. It could be videography. It could be, um, you know, logo generation, whatever they are. The people who are afraid are the ones who see it doing something to 40% of what they do. And that makes them nervous. Um, but obviously, as this stuff you know improves, it's gonna it's gonna get faster. So I think in order for anybody, any creative, any person in marketing to kind of stay competitive in marketing, you're gonna have to learn how you know AI works. Um, like one of one of the things I had yesterday was I had talked to somebody about uh, the rush for search engine optimization uh, back in the day. Everyone was hammering it. Everyone was selling it. Everyone wanted to make sure they were listed on Google. Well, the question now is. Okay, how are you listed in the next large language model? How do you make sure that your information on your website is scraped in the next large language model? Um, so I think that's going to be, you know, just a giant ship. So yeah, you're going to have SEO people, you know, like, oh man, like SEO, <laughs> like it's not worth much anymore. But also it's just kind of as times change, um, you adapt, you learn new skills, you overcome. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about the pros of disclosing AI usage, right? Um, can it build trust if you tell clients and stakeholders, right? Can it position your company if you disclose it as innovative and forward thinking? What do you think about those? Are those pros? You know what? I, I'd say it depends on how you use it. Um, I know that a lot of people, a lot of creatives didn't like Coke's um, AI generated video. Um, I don't remember the specifics of that video. I just remember seeing a lot of public backlash online about it. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? So, yeah, so that's interesting. So when a big company like Coke uses it, um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's disappointing. I honestly yeah. don't. Yeah. I mean, it's forward thinking to think that, oh, you can use it. But to have people under see that it's that they can recognize it. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. Um, yeah. So I would say that if you are a small marketing agency, and mm -hmm. you you turn it as we're innovative, we're staying up with the changes. We are using the same tools we used before, but now they're integrated and they're using AI to get us more efficient To Then I think it can be a positive. Um, but I have used AI for a lot of different things like you. You know, we talked about in a green room for, um, content creation like words, but also for images and video. 
And I have found that, especially with um, the words, with the text, um, it's really, if you're a marketer and not you're, you're not putting in the right prompts, you're getting some horrible, terrible stuff to put out. So yeah. <laughs> it's just so important that if you are using it, that you are explaining and having this conversation with clients, with stakeholders about your journey of learning. And when you and I were talking, I love that you say you spent five to eight hours a week or five to 10 hours a week learning about AI. And I think disclosing that, that's a pro to clients. Hey, it's new to all of us. We're working on it. We're taking a course. We got certified. We got, a, you know, we did this. Then I see it as a positive, right? When we're constantly yeah. learning. And I have found in the, I've been in business for 12 years that anytime I stay ahead of a trend like that and tell my clients, hey, this is new thing out there. I'm learning. I'm taking a certification. That's mm -hmm. a positive. Yeah. Well, and I, I would say it's also about, um, you know, disclosing to the people you're working with. So like in, in the, the there's two bills out right now, one is HR 3831. And I wrote that down before we started because I keep forgetting that. Um, but yeah, it's HR 3831 out of uh, New York. Representative Torres put it up, and then you have the EUAI Act, both of which are going to try to force people to disclose what they're using. Um, the the one out of the EU is a little bit different because it classifies like weight of the subject in which it's being used. Um, but it, in general, they want people to just like fully disclose. Um, and I, I would say that as of now, before legislation comes into play, um, just like on, on ethics, and this is just a personal opinion, I think that sure. if you're doing work for somebody, you should tell them it's AI generated if it's completely AI generated or AI, AI assisted would be a better term for a lot of things that I do. Um, and I, I would say that, you know, if you are charging someone by the hour, letting them know, like, hey, I do use AI, I'm fast. Um, like I can, you know, work a lot of a lot of projects for you in a very short amount of time because I use AI. Um, now, if they're not comfortable with that, if they're like an obvious, there's like usage rights um, issues that a lot of larger companies are going to have problems with. Um, but I, I think it's really important to just be honest with the people that you are producing for of what you were doing and kind of assess the amount of risk they are willing to take. I love that. I like that. Um, the way of explaining that. And how about an education? You know, we talked about marketing, but there's a lot of people in education that are just so against it. And I just have to believe that it's not the tool I'm, I'm an agile marketer. And one of the things that we teach, and, and that is, has an understanding is when you do agile is very different than when you're being agile. And I believe mm -hmm. that with this AI, it's like, it's, it's one thing to have AI do everything for you and sit back and do nothing. But if you're using it and if you're creating it and if it's assisting you, you still need your brain and your strategy and your prompts and all of that to do to do the AI. So it, it that was a comparison that I had is, you know, anybody can type on a on a keyboard and get something to come out, but it needs a very smart, intuitive, uh, creative person to have AI to bring the best out of AI. Yeah. And then say back to your question on like the use of AI in like education. Um, I would say well, there's, there's two sides to that coin. I shared an article the other day and I talked about it's from like 2002 or something like that. And it was talking about how spell check is going to create a generation of dummies. Um, but we all use spell check and it has saved me in emails countless times. Um, 
so kind of the same thing, like could it create a generation of dummies? Yes. Is it probably a little bit more equipped to create a generation of dummies? Absolutely. Um, I would say that if we can get to a place where like disclosure might not be a thing, but uh, ChatGPT is talking about like watermarking their, you know, output. Um, if we can get to the place where there's like a constant watermark that, you know, teachers can check, I think that that's necessary. Um, you're also like, whether or not people are disclosing things, it's really not going to matter unless teachers have the ability to check. Um, they'd be like, did you use AI in this? And they'd be like, no. And if they can't check, it doesn't really matter if they said yes or no. Um, there's, so, I, I mean, there's already tools out there to throw the stuff yeah. in AI and say, was this AI generated? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that you just said that about spell check because that also happened. Um, my oldest two children were born in the late 1990s and I can tell you they cannot read a map. They have used GPS their whole life and they learned yep. how to drive with a GPS in the car. And mm. I'm of the generation where, you know, we had a map book in the car and we know north, south, east, west. And so are they not as smart as me? No, they just know that that technology is going to be around and they use it. They don't get lost. I don't get lost, but they don't get lost. And actually, funny part was the first time I went to New York City um, after 20 years, I had n I, the last time I had been there had been with maps and I went to New York City in 2019 and I was lost because I didn't know how to navigate the city with a phone. So here I was didn't know how to, you know, didn't have the right things downloaded, didn't have the maps, didn't. And so it that I was the one who was lost because I didn't adapt. So there's a quaint, you know, there there's a side is a different side to that as well. So the pros of disclosing AI usage, we kind of talked about that, you know, building that trust, maybe, um, you know, maybe we could be perceived as forward thinking. How about the cons? Right. Is there any concerns that revealing AI might undermine the perceived value of a service that we provide or maybe uh, privacy concerns? Um, could it lead to misconceptions and unfounded fear about job losses? Let's talk about the cons if we talk about AI usage. Yeah, um, well, I see a ton of them. Uh okay. All right. <laughs> All right about that. Um, but you are you are looking at a, a substantial like shift in like uh, efficiency of like general creative workers. You're talking about people who once you know a, a project that once took a team now takes a person. Um, you're gonna talk. You're, you're talking about a lot of people basically shifting away from traditional work and having to, everyone becomes uber competitive, and that can result in um, you know deflation of the value of your skill. Um, can result in a lot of things. What do you What do you think? No, I'm, absolutely. I yeah, I'm I'm not worried that what I do is going to be going away, but I'm worried that what I used to do is going to be going away. Like I used to be um, a, a social media manager and I would just implement a content strategy. And I think that is something that AI can take over a lot. But what I do is a higher level marketing strategy and social media strategy. And so it's that that thinking part that you really can't outsource and putting, you know, getting all the data together. I guess AI can do some of that, but you still have to be creative and have those ideas. Um, you know, in order to put a strategy together, I look at an audit. I look at competitors analysis. I look at their industry. I look at the history of what they've done. There's so many different pieces. And then from that, I make decisions for their content strategy, but then the implementation part 
is where, you know, we can probably save a lot of money and put different people on there. So am I worried about my own? Not necessarily. Am I worried about our industry? A little bit. Well, like with the writer's strike right now, like a lot of like what they're striking about is AI. Like, you know, people are giving their extra, like the extras were asked to basically give their, um, you know, identity in perpetuity, like, and to be just regenerated using AI. And I feel like that, that is, that is setting a dangerous precedent for instead of just um, making work more efficient, you're, you're deliberately deleting, you know, hundreds and hundreds of jobs. Yeah. Um, but you know, is that is that the direction? Um, it depends on where we are as a society. Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you think that telling people that you use AI could be a marketing ploy? Like, could it be perceived as that? Oh, we're you know, I kind of see that in some of our contemporaries, you know, like I'm AI, you know, uh, certified or, you know, I'm taking this course and I'm, I'm, or I'm teaching this course. Do you think that that's definitely happening? I think it's, it's all fear of missing out. Everyone is afraid to be left in the dust. Um, people don't want to, you know, go sell themselves and be asked the question, what are you doing to stay on top of AI? And you don't have an answer. Um, I, I think it's all just trying to keep up with the Joneses a little bit, but I, I do think like my my website is .ai instead of .com, and I wish I could say it's because I was forward thinking, but .com was taken, um, so not <laughs> .ai. But I, I do think that people hear it, and um, as of like right now, I think there's a little bit more mystique than you want behind it. But I do think it's going to become you know late 2023, 2024. I think it's going to become one of those buzzwords, almost like sustainability um, in CPG products or or um, well, you could say AI in you know ad space right now. Like people are talking about AI-driven ads. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things that starts being applied to a lot of different aspects of life. Yeah. Um, well, I, and and let's let's talk about that and ads. I mean, think about Facebook ads. You know, you're running or Google ads, and you're running that. If you can feed your best ads in a tool and say these were the best four or five or ten ads in the last year, I need something about this topic you know, create something that's similar to this in this same voice with these same, you know, parameters around it, but create something new. That's pretty powerful. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty amazing. So how about retroactively? So now say you're listening to this conversation and say you're a marketer who hasn't told their clients or their boss or anybody. Is that something we should do retroactively or should we start just be like, okay, you know, I'm listening to John and Doreen. I, I didn't say anything, but I'm going to start talking about AI now. Is that a good move? I mean, I'd say it's never too late. I'd say we're still early adopters. What is, what is your, uh, your take on that? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would say that too. I was like, run, go do it now. Say today that you're listening to, you know, somebody talking about AI and that you're ready to learn and you're going to do it. And, you know, definitely, I would say you might not say, well, I've been using it for six months and I didn't tell you. I don't think that's probably the best, um, <laughs> the best way to go about it, but start being, and you know, the, the word that keeps coming up to me in a lot of this content creation, um, I'm present, I'm presenting on B2B business in a couple of months and I'm, I'm my head's in creating a, um, a session, a new session. And the word that keeps coming up is curiosity. It's something that AI cannot 
hold, you know, they're holding information, but our minds are made to be curious. And if you can develop that piece um, and to tell yourself, you know, let's be curious, let's learn a little bit more. Let's, you know, open this hood and look under it and see what's in there. I think you will stay ahead if you stay curious. And I, I can see that you are, John, because you're learning and you're actively doing that. But if you're watching this, if you're listening to this and you're worried, you know, because a lot of us are worried, right? Because you could be doing a job that could be replaced. But as John said earlier, you know, don't be worried about AI taking over everything you do, but people who use AI taking over. So start using AI, but stay curious, learn the why behind it, learn new tools, ask questions, attend webinars, right? Learn more about this topic because it's not going to go away. And if you listen to, and I love this, as AI really became big this spring, kind of this big push, John, you might have seen people yeah. digging really deep about having conversations with people from the 80s about the internet and, oh, it's not, and, and phone, cell phones. Oh, we're not going to have a phone on us. How is that going to work, right? And here we are, like modern society, everybody has a phone in their pocket. Like, it's just so different. So if you're worried about this or if you're thinking, oh, it's going to go away, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> if it does, we've got bigger problems to worry about. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about ethical. We have just a couple of minutes left, right? So ethical implications of using this, being authentic, uh, leveraging versus levering efficiency, um do you foresee a future where everybody is going to be using ai and we don't have to disclose it anymore that it's just going to be this is it um what do you think john well i think that uh you know we're going to get to a point where it's going to be like makeup or it's going to be auto-tune or it's going to be like just general special effects you don't have to explain to somebody that you've done any of those things they just kind of naturally happen and it eventually becomes the standard um, I, I do think that like from an ethical perspective, you could, you could kind of take the devil's advocate of saying like, okay, if someone has like a learning disability, um, like people with dyslexia, should they be able to, you know, plug in their, plug in whatever they just wrote and have it be checked? Um, is that, is that a problem? You have people who, you know, could be absolute geniuses and they just struggle putting words together. They struggle writing. Um, you know, you really are unlocking kind of like maybe the people who are, I don't know, more confined in society when you allow them to create things that can express themselves in the way that they feel. Um, so ethically, do I think that we should all have to disclose every time AI is written? Well, um, I think ChatGPT says that we own every output of ChatGPT um, <laughs> as far as copyright goes. Um, and I'd say it depends from the, in the bill that's coming out is really going to ask the question of whether or not you're using it to deceive people. Um, are you, you know, or it, it, I guess that would come down to intent and whatever they decide that looks like is what it does. Yeah. But so that's, like, a, you... that's, an, that's an interesting word that you use that. Is it? And that's what's going to be in the bill about deceiving people. Is that yeah. that's still how people look at it, right? Mm -hmm. That's still how people I mean, do you feel like you're deceiving people when you're using AI? No, um, I, I would say it, it also depends on the use case, right? So if I'm generating a piece of art, um, which you can you can do if you have a a version, you, you, unless you're over a million dollars on disc or on uh, mid journey, um, 
you know, you own the rights to these images, you could take them and start printing them and selling them today. Um, with that being said, like, are people buying it from you because they think that you hand painted it? Um, or do they want it because of what it looks like? And then the skill that you provide is knowing how to extract it from generative AI. So it really does depend. Like, um, I, I don't know if you're, if you're passing it off as something you hand did, I would have a problem with that. But yeah. also if you're passing it off as, you know, the, the new skill is prompt prompting the new skill is telling generative AI what to give you. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? This is, yeah, this is, one, of no, the, this is that's <laughs> one of, this is one of those things that's really, yeah. You know, that dishonesty, I, I can tell you, I know, I know what it feels like in your gut when you know that you're doing something wrong, right? I mean, we've, I've lived a long life. There's been times in my life that I'm not proud of doing certain things. I have not felt that using AI. I've never felt in my gut, I'm doing something wrong, or I shouldn't be using this, or I should have told a client, or I shouldn't. I think that the work I'm doing is better as I'm mm -hmm. using AI tools. And I feel like I can do even a lot more. Um, I think there, um, I love your idea of spending that much time, you know, per week uh, doing that. And it's, I think that it's a shining example to others who are in either the marketing industry or a different industry, go, you know, quantify it. How many hours a week can you dedicate to something new? Because it's, it's going to really up-level your career. It's like, you know, if you if you want to own your own company, you know, learn about leadership and, you know, leading leading people because that's how it's going to be. And if you if you want to grow in your career at this point, I think if you don't learn about AI, you're going to be left behind, you know, and, and the skills that we all have are going to evolve. I mean, even in the 12 years I've owned my business, I've done a lot of different things and I've landed in a space where I'm comfortable. But if you're sitting here and you've niched down to something that's really specific, you were talking about that earlier, John, you know, if you're really specific, you're, you're, you know, high level video editing, that's very, very niche. And a tool comes along and can do that. That's, that can be scary. So diversifying and, and learning, but you could be the person who uses that tool, right? Yeah. So, and that's where I think the forward thinking is like, if you're in that, if you're worried, if you're listening to this and you're worried that your very niche skill is going to be replaced by AI, be the one that uses that AI tool. I think if there's anything that comes out of this, um, that is that is good. So, John, I've got one last question, and I know we're over time, but this is fascinating to me. So as we move into an increasingly AI-integrated world, is there any advice you have for prof professionals navigating any of these questions, anything that you can give that says, you know, we're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, the first piece of advice I would have is listen to strategy shocks. Um, I think that that this place is taught me so much. If she brings on all of the best experts, um, this is something I try to commit time to every week. Um, very valuable, highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> but also I would say just kind of like what Dorian said is just stay, stay hungry. Um, you, you want to be looking for these skills. Don't be afraid to like, bring someone on for a consult. Most people I know who are in this space right now um, are doing their work on a, a consult basis. Don't be afraid to you know, bring someone in to ask them how you could be improving processes. Um, and don't don't like pigeonhole this to like content generation. Um, AI is going to change everything from, you know, medical to like it, it's gonna it's gonna change every every facet of 
like a, a standard organization. Your COs are going to use it just as much as your CMOs. Um, so I would say don't don't think of it in just in terms of content, but think of it how could it make your life easier um, in other other places. Um, I hope that's that was an answer. That's no, that's great advice because we didn't talk about any other industry than marketing. But I just yeah. read that yeah. most interesting article about the CEOs and the CM the C-suite of like um, medical hospitals. They mm -hmm. want to use it and they're using it. And then, you know, the doctors and nurses, the people that are in the field are a little more worried about how the AI will be used. Right. But we can use it in so many different ways. And I love that you just said, don't get pigeonholed and just thinking it's in marketing. It is everywhere and it's continuing to grow and it's going to be exponential growth. So I would love to have you back on next year and see where we are about AI. Um, but if you want to learn anything, if you want to have a dis further discussion with John, connect with John. John, where is the best place for people to find you? What's your website? And where are you most active on um, social media? Yeah, so I am active on social media on LinkedIn. Um, you know, John Deemer, I'm also active on Instagram at the rule of seven marketing. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to love to hear from you guys. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach All out. All right. That's awesome. So if there's any follow-up questions, um, I'll pass them along to you. Thank you so much, everybody who was here live with us. And if you're watching on the replay and those of you who listen to Strategy Talks, um, this was a new experiment of, you know, having a, a different kind of Strategy Talks. And I hope this is uh, what maybe um, season three will look like. So this was kind of a, yeah, that's, I, I really think that this is the future instead of telling people how things are. Um, mm -hmm. It's about, you know, discussing, you know, pros, cons, different opinions. And so, uh, John, I appreciate your willingness to test this out with me today. Um, again, thank you so much for watching, for listening, and I'll be back next week with another episode of Strategy Talks. Bye, everybody.